Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Reading in verse 27. Matthew, the ninth chapter, will begin reading in verse 27. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this house today. The presence of God is awesome. It's better than anything this world has to offer. Matthew, the ninth chapter, will begin in verse 27. And I want to speak to you on the subject, do you believe? Do you believe? Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Wow. This is a pretty amazing passage of Scripture, isn't it? These two blind men come to Jesus desiring a miracle of healing. And the first thing Jesus says to them is do you believe that I am able to do this? You're asking me to heal you, but I want to know, do you actually believe I can do it? I love the Gospel of John. And in John chapter 1 verse 3 it says, All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. You know what that means? It means that Jesus, pre-incarnate, was with the Father, and that all things were made by Him, and all things were made through Him. And now, here He is, the Creator of the universe, in human flesh, asking these two guys, Do you believe I can do this? That, that's amazing to me. Do you believe I can do it? I love their response. Yes, Lord. I think you'll feel better if you just say that. Yes, Lord. That's a good response, isn't it? Yes, Lord. And he said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. Now, here's the question, and we should pretty much ask this question anytime we study God's Word. How do we lift that Scripture out of the Bible and make application of it 
in our own lives. How, how do we take that truth, that understanding of what happened that day, and apply it to our everyday lives? Well, it's real simple if you think about it. These two men came to Jesus. They came with a great need. And the first thing Jesus says to them is, Do you believe that I can do this? So I'm, I'm asking you, if we come to Jesus with a great need, wouldn't he ask us that same question? In reality, through the word of God, he is asking us that question, right? Do you believe that I can save you and radically change your life and make something beautiful out of your life might be a question that Jesus is asking somebody in this congregation right now. Do you believe I can do that? <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> I like it. Do you believe? Do you really believe that when you're sick and when there's a physical infirmity beyond what the doctors can handle, do you believe that I can heal you? See, that's the question that perhaps the Lord's presenting to us today. Do you believe that I can make a way where there is no way? Guaranteed a congregation this size. There are some here today and you're up against something and there is no way out. Do you believe I can make a way where there is no way? Do you believe I can do the impossible? Do you believe I can do what has never been done before? Do you believe that I can do what cannot be done? You see, that's how you make application of that passage of Scripture. Do you really believe? I heard a statement last week, and I still haven't wrapped my brain around it, called Believing Unbelievers. Could it be that the church today is filled with people across America who are believing unbelievers? They believe, but they really have unbelief residing in them. Do you believe? Do you really believe? Because you see, there are many, many things that are impossible for us. And we're always up against things. I, I'm serious. I am, you are, this church is... The best of us. We're up against things that are just impossible. With us. But not with God. Jesus said to his disciples on one occasion when they were a little bit frustrated. This is what he said. He, he said this. He said, with men it is impossible. But with God all things are possible. You see, if it's left up to you, if it's left up to me, if it's left up to a committee, if it's left up to our brainstorming, how do we fix this? It's impossible. But when God gets in the picture, it's possible. It's impossible with us. Those things that are impossible with us are no big deal with God. They're not. He can turn the impossible into the possible. He can do what cannot be done. And I know you believe that because you believe your Bible, right? (laughs) 
This is not a trick or a trap. You believe the Bible. You can't believe the Bible without believing what I've just told you. Our God, from beginning to the end, in the Bible, does things that can't be done. God can make an axe head swim. You ever tried to make an axe head swim? Take an axe head, take the handle off of it, and throw it in the water and make it swim. But when an axe head was lost in the Jordan River and the prophet, the man of God, spoke, the axe head swam. I would like to have seen it. Just came right off the bottom, came to the surface, was retrieved. Now, one of the reasons I started with that one is because that's not a real big deal, is it? That's, that's not a crisis that changes life. It's a little thing, but it was important to the person who borrowed it. Because if I can't return it, it's going to be a bad witness. And he cried out to the prophet of God, and the prophet of God stepped in, spoke the words, and God performed a miracle and swam. There's some little things in your life where you need some miracles. But you're not going to have those miracles until you believe that God can do all things. God can make a donkey talk. And I'm not talking about anybody on our staff. That would be an experience, wouldn't it? Really, you're going to think I'm joking you. I, my wife heard this. I actually went on the internet to find out if there was any talking donkeys out there. That, this guy has one that he declares he can talk. I listened to it, and, and all I did was laugh, but I never could make out one word this donkey was saying. I've, had a, I've heard a few preachers I felt pretty much the same way about, but... He can make an axe head swim. He can make a donkey talk. He can make the sun stand still. He can send a chariot of fire from the heavens above and pick up a prophet of God and take him back to glory. He can split the sea right down the middle, creating a wall on this side and a wall on this side and make a road, a dry road, right through the middle for His people to walk through that road. He can give power to three young men who refused to abandon their faith so that they could walk through a fiery furnace, a literal fire, and have no power on them. <laughs> With one word from God, a man stepped out of a boat and walked on water. For those of you who are new to the Bible, honestly, I'm not making this stuff up. It's all there. It's there. There's some good stuff in this. In this Bible, He can turn water into wine. He can feed 5,000 people with five biscuits and two fish. And I'm, I'm not even scratching the surface. There are hundreds of these things that are recorded in the Word of God. My favorite one of all, I'll just end with this, my favorite one of all is, is He can overshadow a young, pure, virgin girl who's never known a man and calls her to give birth to the Son of God, the Savior of the world. 
I like the way one simple preacher put it. He said, I'm tired of, God said, I'm tired of sin being passed down from one father to his son and from a father to his son. And so God just short-circuited the sin cycle, took man out of the picture and had a virgin-born Savior who was his son. I like that. I like that. And because the sin cycle was short-circuited there, it can be short-circuited in your life. And God can stop that. Oh, friends. Do you know what all these things have in common? There's something that all of these things have in common that I've just told you about. They are all impossible. Everything I've just shared with you is impossible with men. But not with God. And so Jesus... Jesus talks to these two blind men. He wants to know if they believe that He can do it. And I, I, I really believe that through the Word of God and through the truth of His Word and what we're told, God is asking us the same question. When you come to the Lord with your prayers, when you pray, when you're seeking God, do you honestly believe that God can do what you're asking Him to do? And I want to tell you, it's the prayer of faith. It's really believing that makes all the difference in the world. So, so what I want to do is just for a few moments, is I'm, I started digging when I started preparing this message, how important is belief? How significant is it in your life, in my life, in this church, in our families? How important is it? What can be done without it? And I was amazed at what I found. If you got something to write with, you may want to jot some of these down. But this, this is incredible. Believing brings forth salvation. It brings forth salvation. John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. You, you, you see, believing brings forth salvation. You want to be saved today? Believe. That's how you get saved. You say, well, pastor, there's a little more to it than that, isn't there? Don't we have to repent of our sins? Don't we have to make a confession of faith? Don't we have to humble ourselves down before a holy God? Well, the short answer is no. Now, don't jump up and run out and say our pastor's going crazy. But the short answer is no. You don't have to do those things. You will do those things, but you don't have to do those things. But what you have to do is believe. And once you start really believing and the power of God moves on you, you will repent. You will confess. You will humble yourself down. You will start walking with God. But you can't bypass the belief. And when you believe, everything else begins to fall into place. Now, by the way, take it out of the equation. And you know what happens? Zero. I've seen people my whole life that repented, but they didn't get saved. They were just sorry for what they had done. They felt, they felt terrible about it. And they repented. But they didn't repent believing in the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And that repentance was not a godly sorrow. They brought forth salvation. I think there are people all over America that confess that Jesus is the Son of God, but they're not saved because that confession is not based on true belief. That he's the Savior of the world. Well, 
You get the point. Let me give you another one. Believing not only brings forth salvation, believing brings forth healing. Just like these two blind men that came to Jesus, and Jesus confronted them about their belief, all through the Scriptures, over and over in the Scriptures, many times, Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. And isn't that interesting? Jesus will touch somebody. Uh, the woman who touched the hem of his garment. Or somebody will come to him for a miracle. And rather than him saying, okay, now I want you to understand, I did this for you. I'm the Savior. I did it for you. He doesn't say that. What he says is, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has brought forth the miracle. Now we know it couldn't be done without Jesus, but he points them to their own faith. It's your faith that gets it done. I love stories of healing. I read one this last week, and I I just want to read it to you. It's an amazing story. Uh, A 40-year-old mother, Ruby Casimiro, went into Florida's Boca Raton Regional Hospital to deliver her baby via cesarean. On September 23, 2014, after delivering her daughter, she was happily talking with her family when she began to slip into unconsciousness. It turns out she was suffering from amniotic fluid embolism, a rare condition in which amniotic fluid enters the mother's blood. This can cause blood clots, which often leads to death in the new mother. For two hours, both nurses and doctors struggled to keep Ruby alive. But after that time, her heart finally stopped beating. For the next 45 minutes, they continued chest compressions, taking turns so that no one became exhausted in their efforts. They even used shock paddles, but all seemed to be to no avail. Finally admitting there was nothing left they could do to save the woman's life, the doctor chose to call Ruby's family in so that they could say their final goodbyes. After the family had left, when the doctor... When Ruby's doctor was getting ready to write down the time of death, the heart monitor stopped him. At first it was a single beep, then another. A nurse by the name of Claire Hansen went to tell the family to continue praying because Ruby's heart had once again started beating. They had been praying the whole time because they knew something was up. Pray. Her heart had started beating. After 45 minutes with no heartbeat, not only did Ruby spontaneously resuscitate, but to this day has no ill effects. Is that possible? To not have a heartbeat for 45 minutes? She's had no ill effects. The doctor says it's over. I said it earlier, doctors are good. Thank God for doctors. The Bible says every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Listen, thank you doctor next time you're seeing. Hug his neck. Kiss him on the cheek. Pray for him. Charles and I laid hands on my doctor. I took Charles with me last meeting I had with my doctor and and. I took him back and I said, I got a job for you. And we gathered, we laid hands. We thank God for him. Thank God for your doctors. But friend, they're not God. 45 minutes. They had been praying and then they came in to say goodbye. But this family, 
When you read the whole article, this family walked out of there and decided, even though the doctors had told them that she was gone, they went to the waiting room and started praying that God would raise her up. That's belief. That's belief. Hey, I want to share something with you. And I know I'm throwing some real heavy stuff on you today. But listen to this. Believing always brings forth healing. Believing always brings forth healing. I had the privilege of meeting and spending time with the late, great Dr. E.V. Hill. Uh, If you don't know who he was, he was, to me, the greatest black preacher to ever preach on this continent. Uh, What an amazing man of God, in and out of the White House. Uh, Governors and presidents fellowshiped with this guy because of his power. I invited him to come to our church. Those of you who have been in this church for 30 years, you remember he came a long time ago. And I was so blessed to have him. During that time, my oldest brother was dying of cancer. I took Dr. E.V. Hill to his house. I said, would you pray over my brother? And he said, yes, I will. So we went to his home. My brother was in bed. Dr. Hill started asking him some questions. That's what he said. He said, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? My brother said, yes. He said, are you sure you've been saved? My brother said, yes. He said, is there there any unconfessed sin in your life? And my brother, and you had to know my brother, my brother said, no, there's no unconfessed sin. There's been a lot of sin in my life, but no unconfessed sin. I've asked God to forgive me of everything I can think of and everything the Holy Spirit's put on my heart. And he said, so you love the Lord today? He said, yes, I do. And then Dr. Hill looked at him and said, then I'm going to give you a promise, a guarantee. I promise you God is going to heal you 100%. God will heal you. And when he said that, it kind of unnerved me a little bit. Because I'm thinking, man, that's, that's quite a claim to say that to somebody who's in the last stages of cancer. And then Dr. Hill said something, and I'll never forget it. He said, God has two healing programs. One is he'll raise you up off this bed and restore you to physical health. Or the other one is he'll take you home to glory and he'll heal you there. But if you're a child of God, one way or the other, if you really believe, you will be healed. I'm telling you, friend. You will be healed. I don't care what your ailment is here today. I don't care how terminal it is. I don't care. And by the way, I think old age is terminal, isn't it? I mean, how many of you wake up every morning with a new pain? Hold your hand up. God's going to heal you. He'll either take it away in this life or you'll have a brand new body in the next life. But if you are a believer and you truly believe healing is on its way, praise the Lord. All right, uh, moving right along. I think I got too much to preach today. Believing brings forth miracles. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three and 24. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever thing you ask when you pray, what's the word? Believe, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believing brings forth miracles. Amen. How many of you have ever had a miracle? Show me. I, I te- yeah. 
God's in the miracle business. And i got to tell you, I pretty much believe that you've got to learn to believe God for the little miracles and live that, live that way on a day-to-day basis where God's always doing these little miracles and when you need the big miracle, you have the faith to believe Him for the big ones. I, uh, I, amazing miracle took place with me one time. I, I lost my wallet. Man, that is a terrible feeling. You lose your wallet, um, you lose your credit card, you lose your driver's license, you lose, you know, $3 that's in your wallet. <laughs> you, you know, it just makes you sick. And, and, and I was just sick. I looked everywhere for my wallet. I tore the house apart and I couldn't find my wallet. And I, I, I started calling places where I'd been to see if I'd left it. And nobody had my wallet. And then I went out to my truck and I opened all four doors on my truck, under the seat, down every seat, in the console, under the console. I looked everywhere it was not to be found. And then I had this amazing brainstorm. Pray. Why is it we put that off so many times? Hey, by the way, next time you lose something, you could save hours. Our days. Next time you lose something, say, before you even start looking, I'm going to pray and ask God. But anyway, I went back in the house. I got on my face in my living room. No one was home. And I began to pray, and I began to trust the Lord. And I, it wasn't a short prayer, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And, and finally, I just said, God, you know where my wallet is. That wallet has to be somewhere. It has to be somewhere on this planet. You know where it is, Lord. Would you give me my wallet back? Would you bring my wallet back? Would you let my phone ring? Would you let something Would you let somebody bring me my wallet? Would you, Lord, I'm, belie- I'm believing right now that I'm going to have my wallet back. And friends, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, go look in your truck. And so help me. I said, no, no. <laughs> no, Lord. <laughs> it's not in my truck. Am I the only one here today who has a problem? Sometimes my thoughts and the Lord's thoughts, and I can't tell if it's me. I can't tell if... Is that really me? Is, is, am I just conjuring that up in my head? Or is that really God speaking to me? So I went back to praying. Try to ignore the voice of the Lord sometimes. It really, it really doesn't work that well. Uh, but I, I started praying again, and the Holy Spirit said, Go look in your truck. I got up just to get this out of my head, went outside, opened my door, and on top of my console, between the seats, my wallet is sitting right there. Now, folks, I'm telling you, it was not there. It was not there. I had lifted the console two or three times to look under it. It was not there. But then it was there. And then I've got chill bumps on top of chill bumps and now something greater than just me getting my wallet. And I started saying, Lord, Lord, how do you do this kind of stuff? And the first thing that came to my mind is God dispatched an angel from glory, went wherever my wallet was, picked it up and put it on the console. And then I got a little more down to earth with it. Maybe somebody just found my wallet. Maybe they just drove by my house. Maybe they just pulled in while I was praying, opened the door and put it on the console and just left. I don't care. A miracle is a miracle. And I praise God for it. 
I can't move on without telling you this. Whew. Hallelujah. My, my brother-in-law was fishing on the Oklahoma River. And something happened. I think it started raining and they left, but they decided to leave the boat in the river so that they could go back as a public boat ramp so that they could go back and fish after the rain stopped. So they did that. Well, when they got back, he had left his tackle box in the boat. And I mean, he had two or $300 worth of lures, tackle in there. He was gone. Somebody stole his tackle box. Can you imagine how he felt? He was, he was so upset about that. Now, his mother, my mother-in-law, is one of the greatest prayer warriors I've ever known. And he got home and he was just talking about, I can't believe somebody stole my, my tackle box. So Mama Kyle did what she used to do, and she's done this with me on several occasions. She departs the room, goes into the room, closes the door, and gets before God. She begins to pray. After a while, she steps out of the room. She comes back in with a smile on her face. She said, you go get your tackle box back. <laughs> See, if you've done that enough, then you start knowing the voice of God. I can't tell you how many times she told me something would happen before it happened and it happened the way she said it would happen because she was hearing from God. And he said, Mama, somebody stole my taco box. They're not going to bring my taco box back to me. She said, yes, they are. I prayed and God has heard it. And you're going to get your taco box back. I don't know. You, we'll have to ask him if it was a day or a week or a couple of days. But his phone rings. And a guy tells him, I'm the one who took your tackle box. I've got to bring your tackle box back. I can't sleep. I am tormented. Please tell me where I can meet you and give you your tackle box back. Now, what he had done is he had found the registration in the tackle box. And through that registration, that's how he found out who it belonged to. I want to tell you something, friends. God's in the miracle business. Believing brings forth miracles. Now, I don't believe that there's a miracle every day that can't be explained. I, I, I believe sometimes people go overboard. But I am convinced that if the church would start believing like God wants us to believe, that miracles would become a common way of life with us. The supernatural presence of God would move in our atmosphere and in our churches. And that we would begin to see things happen that would glorify God. And the world would be knocking our doors down. Because God's in the house. Hallelujah. Believing brings forth guidance. I'm going to have to skip some of these. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 if you're taking notes. Believing brings forth wisdom. That's James 1, 5, and 6. Believing brings forth peace. That's Romans 5, 1. Believing brings forth grace, joy, and hope. That's Romans 5, 1. Believing brings forth deliverance. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. 
Believing brings forth the glory of God. That's John eleven thirty eight through 40. I love it when Jesus uh, said to the woman, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did you know the only thing that stands between this church and revival? The only thing that stands between this church or any church and the glory of God is believing. That's the only thing that stands in the way. You say, oh, if we had this program, or if we did this, or if we had a famous preacher, or we, we, we had, uh, I don't know, some celebrity. No, believing. I, let me give you a couple more that I'll go into a little bit of detail with. Believing brings forth obedience. Did you hear me? Obedience doesn't bring forth believing. Believing brings forth obedience. Through Him, Romans 1.5 says, Through Him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for His name's sake. Did you, did you see that? He said, we're calling the Gentiles to the obedience. And where does it come from? It comes from faith. When we believe in God. That's where obedience comes from. I'll tell you, we had an experience right here in, in this dome in the early years, uh, many of you have heard of the Brownsville revival that took place over in Pensacola. It's one of the, the greatest revivals to ever take place on planet Earth. It, it's really listed among those. Well, I invited Pastor John Kilpatrick to come preach in the dome. Uh, at that time, we've had more since then, but at that time, we had 600 people that night in this dome. And John Kilpatrick stood here and preached the word. And then after, we started praying for people. And I don't, I don't really remember uh, how it all uh, transpired, but John Kilpatrick walked up on this stage, and he was right here, and I walked up to him to say something, and I went to, to shake his hand and to talk to him, just tell him how blessed I was. And, and then a man walks up, comes up the steps, which were in the center. He walks up, and he stands there. He said, can I talk to you two guys a moment? And he said, Pastor Kilpatrick, I enjoyed your message, but he said, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you about an alcohol problem I have that's destroying my life. And I won't ever forget, Pastor Kilpatrick said, nope, I don't want to talk to you about your alcohol problem. He said, well, I've got this bad alcohol problem that's destroying my marriage and destroying my life, and I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to a man of God who has some wisdom. Pastor Kilpatrick said, nope, I'm not going to talk to you about your alcohol problem. And he said, well, why? And Pastor Kilpatrick said, because that's not your problem. Come on, are you listening? He said, the problem with you is what you think is your problem is not your problem. The problem is you want to talk about the problem. I want to talk about the solution. We can talk about this problem all night long, but when you leave here, you'll be no better off. Let me talk to you about the solution, about believing and trusting, about meeting a Savior who can break something that you've never been able to break. And he said, so this conversation's over unless you want me to share with you how to believe and trust in Jesus and go after Jesus with all your heart. Can I tell you that most of us, we, we're deceived. The thing that you think is your problem is not your problem. It's not. The problem is unbelief. The problem is not believing 
in him in such a way that he can do what needs to be done. All right, very quick, one more. Believing brings forth righteousness. Oh, please, please, please listen to me. I'm going to share something with you right now that will set you free. Believing brings forth righteousness. Romans 4, 5 says, But to him who does not work, say, does not work. Isn't that a strange statement to say in the Bible? But to him who does not work, but what? Believes. This is not about works. This is not about how good you can be. This is not about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. This is not about running to this altar and making some commitment that you're going to do better. But to him who does not work but believes. On one occasion, some people came to Jesus and said, what are the works of God that we might do them? And Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. See, see friends, that's the work. But to Him who does not work, but believes on Him who justifies the ungodly. i got some good news for you today. God's in the business of justifying the ungodly. Now, I want to thank all ten of you for clapping. (laughs) Now some self-righteous people who are full of themselves don't like this. Because there are people who are deceived feeling like they're better. But I'm going to tell you, friends, God's in the business of justifying the ungodly. When we fail, when we fall short of the glory of God, when we mess up, when we don't make it, God's in the business of justifying the ungodly. See, there are a few of you here today and you think, man, the only way I'm ever going to get to God is to get rid of this thing in my life. Friends, you listen to me. The only way you're ever going to get rid of that thing in your life is to get to God. He justifies the ungodly. He can take a person who's filled with ungodliness and justify them. But don't miss it. You know how he does it? But to him who does not work. In other words, you don't try to figure it out. But believes on him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. See, believing in God brings forth righteousness. If your relationship with God is based on how well you perform. And friends, you'll spend the rest of your life up and down, hot and cold, confused, frustrated, defeated. Why? Because we all have feet of clay. We all mess up. We all blow it from time to time. But if your relationship with God is based on the firm foundation of believing in Him, oh, that changes everything. That's when God takes notice. Did you know that that there is nothing you can do to get God's attention other than believing. You could go out here today and do a thousand good works, but that's not going to get God's attention. The only thing that impresses God is when you believe. The only thing that gets His attention is when you believe in His Son, whom He has sent, and His ability to, to work in your life. Listen, the one thing that catches God's eye And brings forth his hand. Is believing. Is believing. 
All right. I've run out of time before I've run out of message. They're going to stone the three of you that said that. We might need guards around you guys. Hey, I've been a critic for a long time about modern day music and how it deifies man and diminishes God. Be careful with modern day music. Some of it's just totally turned around. Some of it has God worshiping us rather than us worshiping God. But there's one song that came out a few years back, and I love this song. And it's by the Newsboys. I want us to pull it up. I'm going to read the first part, and then I'll get you to help me with some of it. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there's only one foundation. This is, this is good stuff. This is biblical stuff. There's only one foundation. We believe. We believe. In this broken generation, when all is dark, you help us see there is only one salvation. We believe. We believe. All right, help me out. Let's do it. All together. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe. Wow! So listen. Just listen to this. So let our faith be more than anthems. Greater than the songs we sing. And in our weakness and temptation. We believe. We believe. To those two, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? That's what he's asking us. Do we really believe? Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.